We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. This is Kelsey Jones, Managing Editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Danielle and Tozy. She's our copy editor for SEJ, and today we wanted to talk about freelancing. Uh, both Danielle and I are um, successful freelancers, and we just wanted to cover you know, both our experiences with freelancing and whether you're an advanced freelancer with a lot of years of experience or just starting out. Um, I'm sure hopefully there's some tips we can give you. So, uh, Danielle, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing good. Great. Um, so how, so first I wanted to talk about kind of how we got started with freelancing. So how did you kind of jump into it? I honestly started with those content mills writing for a dollar or so a day. I knew I wanted to write and that's where I started and just slowly got better, got better clients and, Eventually, I had more work, and so I dropped my office job because I was working like 80 hours a week. Yeah, that's kind of what happened uh, with me. I um, started out, I think I would write for five cents a word, Mm -hmm. and um, (laughs) I, well, actually, my first client ever was Yelp, and so they just started in Kansas City, where I live, so I helped them. Uh, I wrote honest reviews for them to kind of get their presence. And so like, just like you, I mean, it's kind of a lot of building it up and just going from there one step at a time. Absolutely. So um, how, what are some thought leaders that kind of helped you along the way become a better freelancer, you know, going from step, you know, one client to the next until you kind of feel like you have a grasp on things? Um. There was a couple of books that I read. I forget now what the titles are. Um, just about freelancing and copywriting in general, which is kind of where I focused on. And a lot of the copywriting stuff that I saw was based on doing it in print, which made it really difficult for me because I'm like, I don't, this doesn't help me. Yeah. So honestly, a lot of it I had to figure out on my own, which was really scary, actually. Yeah, I think as the years go on, there's a lot more um, really good online resources for freelancing. But if you're doing it just in the digital medium, it's definitely different than writing for print, for sure. Yeah, and I think a lot of it for me was having the support of my family, my husband. That was very, very helpful because he's just like, no, just do it. We'll figure it out if it doesn't work. And having that... I think that made a huge difference as well. It gave me the confidence to try. Yeah, definitely. I um I worked like you, I worked full time while I did freelancing. And you know, I think part of it is just, you know, reading up on everything you can and learning everything you can. Copy blogger was a good resource for me, pro blogger. Yeah. Uh Robert Bly, he's a really famous uh freelance writer that has written a lot of books about um, making six figures with freelancing. Yeah. And who else? Oh, there's a book called six figure freelancing. That's really good. 
Um, but I think the, like you said, the support is a big deal too, because I think since you're jumping into something that's so unknown, it's really, you really need other people to kind of convince you to actually make the leap into doing it full time. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, it was, I have a steady income. Can I really risk this? Like, is this fair to him to risk this? And having his support and I had set an alarm on my phone. That sounds silly, but I was like, I'm going to do it by this date. And I set an alarm on my phone that said, where are you at with that freelancing thing? (laughs) And that was just kind of a reminder to me, Hey, you really do want to do this. You need to do it. It's so easy to just go to the office every day, get annoyed, fuss about it on the way home and just to get into routine. So breaking that was kind of difficult for me. Yeah, definitely. I, um, So what happened with me is my first job out of college, I really liked. um, And I freelanced on the side because I had worked a lot of jobs in college. So honestly, I was just kind of bored. Absolutely. And and, uh, so my first job out of college, I actually got laid off because it was during the recession. And Uh I did the one thing that I, you say, they say not to do, which is cry. I am totally like, (laughs) that emotional person that cries when they're happy and cries when they're sad. So I'm like bawling at like the meeting of everyone else that got let go. And, (laughs) and so that kind of forced me into doing it full time, at least for a while. And, and so I kind of got a taste of how awesome freelancing full time could be. And then I eventually worked a couple other full time jobs before like going into it permanently but right. I think once you get a taste, it's almost um, addicting, like because you know how much better it could be and how much more flexibility you'd have. Yeah. So it's definitely a journey for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I no. Go ahead. I think my thing is, is I've been – this summer was a really slow season for me. And so I started looking at the people that go into – there's – grass screener on both sides kind of a bit like I'm looking at the people who can just go to the office and just do their work and when their work day's over they're done and I've got clients calling me you know clients in New Zealand that 5 a.m is so looking at people that are just going to work I'm like man I kind of wish I could do that again you know not have to worry about the stress not to deal with the that's not what you told me you wanted you know kind of a bit of dealing with the clients but as things have started to pick up you know my mom comes into town sure I can drop everything we can go to lunch no problem couldn't do that if I had a job you know we want to travel in Europe for a month I can do that and I can take my work with me I would never have that much PTO if I worked in office so there's pros and there's cons I think but the the pros definitely are heavier Yeah. And I, I agree with you with, um, one thing. So I freelanced full time for about three years now. And I, one thing that I've learned is there's definitely slow seasons and fast and like really busy seasons. And that wasn't something I really had thought about before doing it full time. So summer and fall are pretty slow for me usually. And then, um, the beginning of the year it picks up because I think everybody has new budgets and are ready yeah. to go and power the new year. And then spring's kind of the same mentality. And, um, you know, for a long time, for the first year or so, first two years, that would really affect me. And I would let myself get really stressed out about it. And I think in order to be a successful freelancer, you have to, um, be able to be okay with those ebbs and flows and just know what you 
the minimum you have to make and then don't worry about it. You know, don't blow your money when you have a really good month. But at the same time, like, don't worry if you're down a little bit the next month. Right. And I think for me, actually, that's, I guess, pretty good advice. If Because I noticed the same thing with the slow seasons. I started in February and I was doing amazing. And I was like, I was so proud of myself. I'm like, I didn't actually think this would work. I was so scared. I was so pumped. And then summer hit and I'm like, have I made a huge mistake? (laughs) Yeah. But now, now things are starting to pick up and, you know, just kind of trusting that. But, you know, I've always, like you, I've worked several jobs. I've always made my own money. I've always had the multiple things going. So yeah, I got nervous and I was like, okay, do I want, do I want to go back to the office? But I mean, I think I told you I'd picked up a restaurant job and that helps me because I work two shifts a week. Most time it's not honestly for the money. It's to get out of my house. Uh And when those slow seasons hit, I can go, Hey, give me a couple extra shifts. And it, it really just helps me be less stressed out. Yeah, definitely. I have a friend that does that too. She works at a like a home decor and gift store a couple shifts a week, just mainly to get out of the house and just that extra security. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Uh, One thing I did um, is I volunteered. So the library, we have a pretty big network of libraries in Johnson County um, in Kansas City. And so I would volunteer once a week and shelve holds. And it was a little bore, you know, it was mindless work, but right. it, like you said, it got me out of the house. And so, um, you know, if you're a freelancer, you might at first, you know, it's awesome to work from home and you get to wear whatever you want. Um, and that's still awesome today. I mean, yes. admittedly, but <laughs> <laughs> there's still some days when it sounds really sad, but I just like want to talk to people and be around people. And so getting a second job not only helps with the security, but like you said, you um, can also get out of the house because I do get cabin fever sometimes. Yeah. And it makes me honestly want to go out more in the evening. So we spend more money on dinner and drinks because my husband works from home as well. So we spent all day staring at the same four walls. So once night hits, I feel like I end up spending more money because I'm tired of being at the house at this point. So the extra jobs, I've been going to networking meetings around Jacksonville. That's kind of cool just to connect with people and hear the words, the language that you're used to using at work all day is kind of cool too. Yeah. And that's another thing I wanted to cover is kind of building up a network as a freelancer. Uh, I mean, that's more important than I thought it would be. On one hand, it's a little weird. I have some clients who I've never talked to on the phone. My first client, uh, Brozix. I do, I help them with social media and I write their blog. I've worked for them since 2008, but they're based in Bulgaria. So we only talk, yeah, we only talk through email and IM and that works for us. Um, But you know, that doesn't, you can't have just those type of clients. So it's good to build your network, not only in your local community, but also, you know, with people in the industry. Right. I think a lot of my um, local networking came from jobs that I worked before I went full-time freelance. I work for a company called Visergy that does um, like hospitality websites. And the guy, my connection there was one of my bosses at my previous job. Another one was another supervisor. And she now works yeah. for a really big marketing company and they've contacted me to do freelancing. So it's definitely, it comes from unlikely places, which is kind of that whole don't burn your bridges bit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, definitely. I mean, I know it's cool to think of like 
creating a viral video and saying you quit <laughs> forever. But really, I, I'm like you, like I've gotten so many referrals from former bosses mm-hmm. um, for, for work. And so you're right. It's definitely important not to burn your bit bridges because that is going to come back to bite you, especially because of social media. I mean, you'll find oh, yeah. on LinkedIn, you know, everybody's connected and it's, you know, people I randomly meet at conferences somehow know my old manager at my agency job. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. And even if you're like, I really don't like this person, I will never want to work for them. And that's understandable. But at the same time, you don't know who they know and who they're going to be like, yeah, I wouldn't hire them, you know? So I definitely recommend just kind of closing your mouth, doing your time. And when you get out, get out on good terms. Yeah. And everything's relative too. I mean, when you work in a job you hate, everything seems terrible. But, you know, maybe six months later when you've finally gone free, full-time freelance, you run into someone, you know, from your old office, they might not be as bad as you thought just because you're not in that environment anymore. I really want to see a montage, like the slow motion montage of uh, like the graduation goggles of the office. It's like all the potlucks. We had really good potlucks. I do miss those potlucks. <laughs> I know. And going to lunch with coworkers. I love uh-huh. doing that. We used to do Taco Tuesday at Tijuana Flats. That was our thing. Now I go when we go on Tuesdays. That's all I think about. I remember doing this. (laughs) So, I mean, I know, like you just said, I mean, there is some drawbacks to going from a full-time office to full-time freelancing, but I think one of the biggest shifts is time management. How do you kind of block out your day and manage your time as a freelancer? That is... I'm, I have a, I don't have trouble focusing. I know, well, sometimes I do, but I noticed working within the office environment, I didn't struggle as much as many other people did to focus. It's something that came quite naturally to me. So if it's something that doesn't come naturally to someone, I think there is a lot of tools, like um, there's calendars that ding off and tell you to go take a break. I think you've mentioned doing stuff like that. Um, Usually I just put in music. Um, When I edit, I can't listen to music with words because it gets clogged up in my head. So I listen to just classical music and that helps me. It just kind of quiets everything else out in the background and it lets me focus better. Yeah. Um, something really creepy I listen to sometimes is this site called Simply Noise and it's huh. basically uh, static. So it's like, so the sound you'd hear on a TV when it's a static screen, it's basically that, but it's tuned to the right frequency that makes you focus more. And so there's, um, I think there's gray noise, pink noise, and then one other one. And for some reason, I really like the pink noise. It just sounds, I just like it. And right. my husband has come in and been like, what the hell are you listening to? Are you literally I- just listening to static <laughs> I, I feel like I saw that episode of Doctor Who, and I'm pretty sure everyone died. I, I think that's how that went. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'll have to check it out, though. Because, yeah, I mean, just I, I go to sleep to white noise, to, like, waves and such. And it does. Yeah. It just helps you disconnect. There's also a site. Oh, I wish I could remember the name. But it's basically a loop of people in a cafe talking. Hmm. So it's kind of that background noise. So sometimes I'll go to a cafe to work to kind of get out of my normal routine. Yeah. But there's also a site, I wish I could remember the name, but it plays like cups clanking and like murmurs of talking. And I've tried that too. And it's pretty cool. It works. See, I actually focus more when there's more noise. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I enjoyed going out at night and I had to study for my college degree. So I would literally take my books and go to the bar 
and I'd write papers, I'd do everything. So I got really good at it. As long as it was at kind of a dull roar, even if there was a band playing, I could focus and people, I still read at bars and people come up to me and they're like, how do you read at a bar? I don't hear my mom used to get so annoyed because when I read, I just don't hear anything. So getting to that point where you can block everything out and focus, I think that's a big thing. Yeah, definitely. And as far as other things I use to kind of help me stay productive through the day, I have a to-do list. Um, I use Doist and um, Google Calendar, of course. Um, Absolutely. Here at Search Engine. Yep. Search Engine Journal uses Fuse to do our meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. There's tons of tools out there. I mean, it's hard to even list them all, but it's definitely kind of finding what works best for you. Yeah, I think it's very personal. It depends on where you're struggling. If you're struggling with organizing, then, yeah, you need to work on an organizational tool like Google Calendars. Um, If it's focusing, some of the kind of stuff that we've already talked about is very helpful. If it's, I don't know, what else could possibly go wrong when you're freelancing besides not being able to focus and not being able to organize? Um, If you're missing emails, you might need to start doing like, folders, stuff like that. Yeah. And I use a service called followup.cc. That's the URL. Nice. And basically um, you can blind um, CC, BCC um, a date with that URL and it'll send you a reminder on that date to follow up. So nice. I do that a lot to keep my inbox clear. And um, if you... So we're kind of running low. Oh, sorry. No, fair enough. Go ahead. We're kind of running low on time. So, um, I just wanted to kind of close our podcast with what's, you know, one tip or piece of advice you would give to someone who's just starting out freelancing. Um, If you're just starting out or if you haven't actually taken the jump, I would just say do it. There's never going to feel like there's a right time. It's never going to feel like you're ready. Yeah, that, that really is probably the most important thing. Um, Another tip I would give is don't be afraid to kind of broaden your horizons so I had clients that would that I'd be doing blog posts for, and they'd say, well, do you know how to do a white paper? And as they're telling me, I would say I had no idea what a white paper was. I mean, this was back in 08. But right. I said, oh, yeah, I can do that. And as I'm, like, searching for what it is, so I think <laughs> part of being a freelancer is being scrappy and, like, yes. learning – new skills if that's what's in demand. So white papers are in demand. I'm going to learn how to write a white paper. So that's probably a good tip that I've learned. My thought has always been when someone asks me if I can do something, I mean, within a certain range, like if they're asking me if I can write code, no, absolutely. I cannot write code. Um, (laughs) But if they're asking me to write something, my response when I say yes in my head, I think, yes, I can Google that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, um, this concludes our podcast on freelancing. Again, this is Kelsey Jones and Danielle Antosi of Search Engine Journal. Thank you for listening in. Bye. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.